Welcome to the M. Kane Coaching Podcast. My name's Marcus Kane, and today we're going to talk about how to break cycles of binge eating. Now, there are a few different methods for this, and what's considered to be the right way is always being debated because different methods resonate with different people. So, in light of that, in today's episode, I'll be talking about the methods that I prefer, the reasoning behind them, and why they work for me and my clients while other methods haven't. So what's most important with this is that we acknowledge principles over practices. Practices being the strategies that we put into place and different practices will resonate with different people. But any successful practice when it comes to breaking a binge and restrict cycle supports this one key principle. We need to be free of binge eating for long enough for the brain to accept not binge eating as our new normal. Because if you're struggling with binge eating, it's because something in your brain is driving you towards that behavior. So in other words, part of your brain considers binge eating to be normal and acceptable in certain circumstances, even if other more logical parts of your brain don't want to be engaged in it. So how do we do this? How do we disconnect from binge eating for long enough for our brain to learn a new normal so that we no longer feel driven to binge eat? The first step is making sure that we're adequately fed. Everyone talks about this. This is not, you know, rocket science, though this doesn't mean just kind of eating whatever we want all the time and completely letting go of any semblance of wanting to stay in good shape. There is a balance that we need to hit because just like being overly restrictive is going to cause problems on one end of the scale, shifting completely to the other end of the scale has its own set of problems too, right? So this is where people misinterpret the intuitive eating movement quite frequently because intuitive eating doesn't necessarily mean eating whatever you want, whenever you want. Part of intuitive eating is eating certain foods even when you're not hungry as an act of self-care. For example, you know you've got a busy afternoon ahead, but it's 11 a.m. and you're not hungry. Eating as an act of self-care would mean eating before you're hungry to avoid feeling overly hungry and drained and miserable later in the day after you haven't had a chance to eat all afternoon. So that is step one. We can't rely on hunger cues all the time. It's important to know how much food we need and be getting as close to that as we possibly can, like just doing the best we can with that. Now, a lot of people I work with are so accustomed to intense restriction between binges that eating a larger amount of food on an everyday basis can feel really difficult. And this is why it's important to challenge yourself with this, but not to the extent of causing anxiety that brings about complete shutdown. You know, we want one foot out of our comfort zone, so we feel challenged, but we still want to keep things manageable. And that's going to bring me to our second step. This process is going to bring about some discomfort. It's going to be challenging because if it wasn't challenging, anyone who struggles with binge eating would have already stopped already, right? So breaking this cycle can be hard. And a common strategy that people are taught, which I actually don't believe in, is relying on distractions. I hear this quite a bit and I'm just, I don't agree with it. Because imagine you have a young child who's adamant that they want chocolate and getting quite emotional and intense about it, right? 
Imagine going up to that child and saying, okay, so you want chocolate? Here, have a crossword puzzle or go for a walk. You know, it's it's not going to hit the spot reliably enough to solve the problem indefinitely. It might work occasionally, but it's not going to work as a cornerstone of recovery. So distraction can be a very useful tool, but it can't be the cornerstone for change. Otherwise, we're never actually developing the ability to work through uncomfortable feelings because we'd always be just distracting ourselves from them. So what we need to effectively master in order to make change is the ability to prevent urges and discomfort from turning into pain and internal conflict. Now, what most of us do when facing urges or discomfort is to try and fight or suppress them. We try to push the urge down or we react to it and begin a kind of internal debate and end up experiencing like a snowballing internal conflict that then elevates our anxiety and stress levels. Now, it takes a lot of energy and attention to suppress an urge. And it also takes a lot of energy and attention to be involved in internal conflict. So these things usually then snowball from a small discomfort into something that consumes all our attention and can cause a lot of pain and conflict. And at that point, when enough pressure and discomfort builds up, our logical mind starts presenting the idea of binge eating as a valid solution by misleading us with thoughts like, you know, okay, let's just do this and and make it the very last time. You know, we can cancel our plans and, and go all out. Then from tomorrow, we never do this again. But we all know that that thought is a lie, right? It's our brain fooling us into doing something to relieve the discomfort and pain we're experiencing in that particular moment. It's a very short-sighted kind of internal trick that we play on ourselves. And usually we're worked up into a place of such discomfort that we're willing to believe it if that means escaping that discomfort in that moment. So let's talk about how to effectively deal with that. Because my own struggles with binge eating didn't stop until I learned to stop using distractions and self-medicating to deal with how I was feeling. Now, this doesn't mean that you need to go into your past and fix every psychological hang-up that you have and resolve everything and completely clean out your closet. And, you know, that's not what this is about at all. But for many years, there were only two ways that I knew how to deal with discomfort. First option being I'd medicate myself with alcohol, drugs, and prescription anti-anxiety medication, but way too much of it. Or I'd distract myself with work, exercise, or food. So I was stuck in this terrible loop that felt impossible to break because the discomfort and pain I'd experience when trying to change my habits felt completely overwhelming. So essentially, I was constantly dissociating and distracting myself in order to avoid dealing with certain emotions and urges. Now, when I say dealing with emotions and urges, what I mean is being able to lean into the feeling of certain emotions while taking steps to keep our nervous system from engaging in a fight, flight, or freeze stress response. A really important distinction here is that I said lean into the feeling of an emotion, 
not engage with thoughts about the emotion or urge. Leaning into the feeling of an emotion means making it all about the body and the present moment. You know, how am I breathing right now? What am I feeling in my body? What physical sensations come with this emotion? Like a major trap is thinking that leaning into a feeling and working through an emotion means trying to think or logic our way around it, right? In the moment we're experiencing it. Because in these moments, we can't trust our thoughts. If we're triggered, anxious, or feeling driven towards a behavior that we know damn well we don't want to deal with the repercussions of, we can all but guarantee we can't trust all our thoughts until that urge has passed. So we've all done things before that felt right in the moment, but we regretted very soon after, right? So ineffective, impulsive, and destructive coping mechanisms are always there to present themselves, but leave when it's time to clean up the mess. This is why learning the art of no action is so important. The ability to take no action in the face of triggers and anxious thoughts is something to be immeasurably proud of. And it's a learned skill. It's something that we can learn. And there's an art to it. A retired astronaut, by the name of Chris Hadfield, said in his 2014 TED Talk, there is no problem so bad that you can't make it worse, (laughs) right? So remember, the next time your brain is telling you to take action while you're feeling triggered or driven towards destructive habits, the art of taking no action is such a powerful thing. The art of not engaging with your own thoughts that just appear out of nowhere and try and drive you towards certain behaviors. So after we've made sure that we're nourished from a physiological perspective, it's the art of no action we need to focus on. Being able to direct our attention away from anxiety-inducing thoughts and speculation and towards the present moment physical sensations of uncomfortable emotions. Of course, it's super normal to stumble when trying to get a handle on this. It's normal for certain emotions to kick off in response to not being acted on. But know that once you start practicing the habit and mastering the art of being able to observe a feeling without engaging it, things begin to get much, much easier. Getting the ball rolling is always the most challenging part, but once you experience your first few wins, I promise you, you'll gain an incredible feeling of freedom. And if this process is something you'd like guidance with, I work one-to-one with a small number of people to navigate this process and reinvent relationships with food. So no matter where you are with this right now, I want you to know that a new relationship with food is possible for you. Even if you've tried to make change in the past and it hasn't worked out for you, That does not mean it's hopeless. You can have a new relationship with food and you don't need to face all your demons and clean out your closet in order to make it happen. And you don't need to reinvent who you are. All we need to do is find your ideal diet, the balance of nourishing foods that's going to work best for you and develop that skill of observing our emotions rather than feeling snowed under by them and engaging with them like we're arguing with ourselves and in turn exacerbating them.
So thank you so much for tuning into this episode. If you have any requests for podcast topics or you'd like to talk with me about your own journey or ask any questions, come and find me on Instagram at mkanecoaching or visit mkanecoaching.com. It's important to note that the information in this podcast is no substitute for medical advice. So please seek appropriate medical attention if you're struggling. And if you enjoyed this episode, please do me the huge favor of clicking the stars to leave a rating as the higher this podcast goes on the ratings, the more people we can reach and help with this info. So thank you again, and we'll chat again soon.